Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Honk shoe, honk shoe, honk shoe. And Forrest. Seth, wake up. Ah. We're recording. All right. <laughs> Forgot. Okay, it's good. It's 4 a.m. It's 4 a.m. very late. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm glad everyone's <laughs> awake. Hello, everyone. Hello. I've I've missed you. We, I well, Seth, we spent a lot of time on the break together. But yeah. Forrest, and we spent some time. We all spent some time together. Oh on yes, the break. we did. Um, <laughs> Our collective time together was a little bit miserable, but oh, we yeah. did see each other. <laughs> uh, just, it's, I think a little miserable is probably underplaying it. Retailers, if you're in a mall, get get. Get some signage or something. And get or everyone on the same page. Get everyone on the same page. Seth, we've landed on the other side of Black Friday, and poor Seth still does not have an Xbox or a PS5, yeah. and neither does Forrest. Yep. Um, We're living the, the dream. Only, the only reason I'm annoyed is that I there were some opportunities like online leading up to Black Friday that I decided to not try and get anything because I thought, well, if I order this here, it won't get here until like the end of December, but I might be able to get it in person Immediately. and just have it. And so then I was like, I'd rather just have it sooner. And here I am with, with nothing. <laughs> with nothing to show for it. I mean, we have a story, I guess. That's And we got Digimon cards. <laughs> So yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's not a gaming thing or video, video gaming, gaming thing. but you know, different type of game. Um, yeah. But they, then again, they are digital. We they did are spend, digital monsters. Yeah. We spent, I will say they have a very good tutorial app that is for the game that you can play a little bit of Heck outside yeah. of tutorial. Um, and it was one of the games I spent me and Seth played for like two hours. The other one of the nights. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, we also we were playing it incorrectly, but we were playing. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so like me Seth whenever sent I played a, a whole like six game. text thread of like, hey, we were doing this wrong, and it it made sense. So yeah, um, and it was stuff that was in the. Uh, it's so weird. Like the, the it doesn't come with an actual like instruction manual if you buy one of the starter decks. I mean, it's all on online, but you'd think it'd be in the box, like with most board or card games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, but it did have the app, and we did both do it, and then we just kind of forgot some of the rules. <laughs> but now we know them. So, uh, I do, there was something we all played together while we were spending some collective miserable time together. Um, it's a, something I actually beat, um, but you two got to try a little bit of it, and that is uh, Astro's Playroom. I would say this is probably the positive uh, highlight of our miserable time together for me. Yeah, um, I hope Seth feels the same way um, because I was really hoping for a mini game where you had to figure out how many ice cubes were in a cup. Well, <laughs> instead you got to feel how little many Astros or Astro controller. Bots? They're Astrobots. Yes, that's their name. Um, at, le- at least you got to jiggle them around inside of the controller, um, but you didn't have to guess ice cubes. Um, but man, this glorified tech demo is really fun. Uh, it's a really competent little platformer yeah. that I beat. And I was like, man, I've got to have my friends try this because it's such a 
um, A, there is actually a controller demo built into it. So I could just hand the controller to Seth and say, okay, do the controller demo. And um, it has an area where you test out the the haptic pulls and the, the pressure of the, the triggers and the vibration and everything. And uh, I will say flat out that the... This controller is the one like differentiating factor between the Xbox and the PS5 because um, the Xbox, I remember I got a little wordy and frustrated that like, oh, well, Xbox has had these haptic triggers and like, that's true, but they aren't doing the stuff with the pressure and the pulls that Sony is doing. Um when you're like pulling down on it and like, it feels like you're breaking it to go past a certain level. It's um, really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like you're going to break the controller. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. I, the, the game itself, I want to talk about that for a second. Uh, it has a couple just normal verbs. It's like jump, hover and punch and pull and punch and pull are done with square Hover and jump are done with X, and that's that's about it. And you got to collect uh, little, you know, you've you've oddly enough, it's called the PlayStation Labo, the area where all this stuff goes. But you find old PlayStation stuff. You find DualShock One through Four. You find all the old consoles. You find the Vita, um, peripherals. All that stuff. Yeah, peripherals, stuff like that. Puzzle pieces for, like, an art mural going across the whole room. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Yeah. A bunch of collectibles. I beat it in maybe, like, three hours, and I've gone back and tried to find some of the collectibles. So, and I've showed it to my friends. So, it's free on your console. Uh, if you didn't know this existed, uh, get to it and play it. Um, what did you guys think of it? You want to go first, Seth? Sure. I didn't. I played like through one stage, I guess. You um, you played through the the first one and then the yeah. so each there's four stages and each of them has a gimmick level, and so the one Seth played through was the cold one, where you're a spring bot, and you kind of spring back and forth. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a neat little experience. Um, I can't say anything to like the other stages and how they use the controller um i mean i think the the controller itself is cool and it has some cool functionality uh if that functionality is implemented well in games um which i'm still skeptical will happen um now it's the w i think the dual sense is probably a step above what the what nintendo offered with like the the pro controller um, but certainly the, the quality and, and the kind of precision of the rumble are two things that they have in common. And, uh, we have seen that it is not something that is super widely used, um, to some of the capabilities that they said at the outset it could be used as. And, you know, with good reason, a lot of that stuff isn't really applic applicable for games for the most part. Um, outside of very specific situations. Um, 
So I just, I don't know, I just wonder how much this stuff is going to be used. Certainly the resistive triggers are probably going to be used in, in a lot of games because um, they're probably the easiest to implement without it uh, sticking out too much. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know how much more like that stuff will allow you to become immersed in the game experience. Um, but yeah, I think it's... It's cool, and the game is is uh, is a good way to to show off some of the stuff. Yeah, I'd give that. Um, I I think the game itself is like really charming, and I think that was my favorite part about it. it was just like just like the literally the charm that it has. Like there's there's so many little like Easter eggs and stuff, and it's like other games you can interact with a bunch of different bots in like some different ways. Um, there's like this huge one that's sitting in like the like under the main hub area, and if you attack the like dome that it's in, it'll get kind of mad at you and like headbutt the dome <laughs> from the other side, and it's just like it's all these little interactions that you can have with these other bots that are just hanging around that I liked the most. Like it's the game itself is very. Um, it's very easy to understand and play an enjoyable like platformer and tech demo. Um, I played through the same area that Seth played through, and I think I played through one more, or at least I went to like all the way to the end. I of it, I like I can't remember to be honest. Um, but it, yeah, it was just like it's a really good time. I kind of wish that it was more widely available outside of the ps5 though because like if you can hook up your dualsense controller and use it on like a computer or something i i think that astro's playroom could be you know put on the computer and because it's really just a tech demo for the controller not the console itself right um, despite you actually being inside the console in the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's a cute little, uh, each of the songs in each of the areas has something to do with the area you're in. And like, there's a, you can find the lyrics to it, like written on the wall. But when you're in the GPU level, there's a song about a GPU and what it does. And <laughs> I didn't even really, notice that. Yeah. It's great. Um, <clears throat> so it's a fun experience that's really well thought out uh, with a lot of the characters that, you know, like you said, is kind of surprising to me to see that much level of detail put into something that's kind of freeware that's mm. packed in with a console. Yeah. Um, so congrats to that. I think the only other game they made for Sony, um, they made a VR one. Am I right, Seth? I mean... I know you don't have a VR headset, but I think there was an Astro. You mean like a previous? Yeah, there was an Astrobot v- uh, PlayStation VR game that was apparently really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing. So, kudos to that team. Um, maybe we should have had a little more of this and a little less uh, the little big planet platforming game because I've only heard that that game is boring. <laughs> um, and I there have been there. I hesitate to encourage any of this but people are like still speed running the levels of this game 
and going at it on Twitter, and it's it's kind of entertaining. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fun little game that gave me way more joy and um, got way more of my focus than I thought would get out of a free game. So, um, and Seth, to to your point about the the technology, I think that Sony. Um, I read somewhere. I need to clarify it. Uh, they're really pushing for developers to use it. Um, I know that Ubisoft put it in Assassin's Creed, at least, and Madden is putting it in Madden, um, or EA is putting it in Madden. Um, so there are, they're, they're definitely trying to get this technology in as many games as possible to add a sort of differentiating factor. So um, that'll be interesting to see how this pushes immersion on some level in some games. Um, yeah. So let's see, Seth, you and I have been playing something else since two weeks ago. Now, it's man, it's true. been a long time. Um, we have been playing Hyrule Warriors age of calamity. And this game is very interesting. Um, I want to hear some of, we're not going to talk about any spoilers this week. That is next week's episode that we're going to talk about some of the spoilers because I haven't beat it yet. So um, we're going to talk up to about the middle point of the game, I think. Um, so, Seth, Maybe what? like the, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like two-thirds point. Yeah. Um, because, not to spoil anything, but the game goes to a place that it's it's been interesting seeing the kind of reactions because the game does a thing um that some people really like some people are kind of annoyed about because um i I guess it it depends on like what the way you come into the game what you think the game is going to be about and what direction they're going um and yeah there is it it sort of turns a corner in a way that is was very unexpected for me and very exciting when it when it happened uh but i also can understand why some people would dislike it um i j- just beat the game before we got on here like i finished with the the story mission it's weird there um i finished the story but i think i'm like s- I don't want to hear this I don't, percentage. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I, I'm exactly... I think I might be below like 70% Ugh. done with overall with the map. Um, we'll get into... Be, I, remind me to get into the map, but keep going. Keep yeah. Going. Uh, it's So there's... It's a lot of content, um, which is not a surprise coming from what the previous game was. It's definitely less. Um, now, I played... I'm tr- I I still can never remember the amount, but I've definitely played for like over a hundred hours the previous game. But I also played oh. it twice. Um, <laughs> I played it once on on Switch and once on Wii U. Um, it's <laughs> this is a despite them having the same name, these are very different games. Like yes. they have a very distinct feel. Um, and the the reason for that is the sort of pr- infusion of breath of the wild into this game um it's it's weird because it's almost 
kind of at odds with itself. Um, the like so the the speed it it is the speed is kind of toned down in order to more closely rep- match Breath of the Wild. The the scale of the levels is like gigantic compared to um, what it was in the original Hyrule Warriors, where and in the original they were like purpose-built maps um, that that had kind of like open spaces with small quarters in between them. Um, they all sort of had a the same kind of general feel. Um, and there were things with, with bigger open spaces, but a lot of most of the combat in those games took place in, in smaller areas. But this game is taking... Um, maps not really one to one though I am I'm curious what like the the kind of the the way each one directly compares to the areas that it's taking from um, but it's taking maps basically w- which are very representative of areas in breath of the wild um, and you're just kind of throwing you into there um, like there's there are definitely some modifications to create places where enemy bases are um, that you have to go in and capture. Um, but for the most part, all of the battle areas are way more wide open, um, which has it feeling very different. Um, the The scale of it is also very different. So th- I don't... I, I wonder, like, what... I don't it it's been it's been a while since I've played the original one so I don't quite remember like the way enemies like the the scale of the physical scale of characters and enemies but the characters definitely take up less screen real estate like um what you saw of Link in Hyrule Warriors the original is a lot bigger than Link in Breath of the Wild like they're not he's not a bigger guy but he just is larger on the screen um and so the the scale of it is a, it it feels very different comparatively um like the and in Hyrule Warriors when they were bosses they were gigantic compared to you and this one um like the scale is the same from Breath of the Wild so while a Hinox is big it's not like 10 times the size of Link um, right so it's it it's strange like it it kind of fits into this middle space where it doesn't quite feel like Breath of the Wild and it doesn't quite feel like Hyrule Warriors, the original one. So it's it's a very unique experience. And it at the beginning, I, and I know, David, you, um, you said something like this to me too. It, it doesn't... At the outset, it doesn't really, for me, it didn't really, for me, scratch that itch that the original Hyrule Warriors had. um, Because, like, it didn't feel like the same game. Um, And that wasn't to say it felt bad. It was just, like, I sort of came in, like, expecting mechanically a very similar experience. Um, Yeah. And it just... It immediately feels very different, and so a lot of it, a lot of the my beginning stages playing that, I was like, I don't really know if I like this. Like it, it doesn't have the right at the beginning the kind of crazy 
fun and bombast that the original game does. Um, like it still ostensibly has it has you going and mowing through these hordes of monsters, but it doesn't. Like it doesn't it, it doesn't feel as outsized as it actually is. So it's 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 sort of weird. But as I continue to play, of course the the gameplay grew on me. Um, the you get some as you progress through the game. I I think I wonder if it is on purpose. You get characters that feel more in line to the gameplay of the original game. Um, so with like the the weird mechanics and just sort of the outlandish attacks and stuff. Um, so I one of the things I ended up doing was so Link has three different weapons like in Breath of the Wild he can use different weapon types so in this one he has a one-handed sword and shield um, which is the one he starts out with and it basically functions the exact same as it did in the original Hyrule Warriors just a little bit um, sluggish he also gets spears which are interesting I didn't really like them that much um, but he also gets two-handed swords which paradoxically he fights way faster with them um and he feels more like a, a character from the original one and like it's it, it's one of the things where it's like the exact opposite of breath of the wild um where in in breath of the wild that the two-handed weapons were much more sluggish comparatively and he just he swings these things around like they're lightsabers basically like they have no weight um, and, and, it's, and it's way more fun to use. So once I started doing that, um, Link became a lot more fun to me. Uh, and you get, as you, and a lot of it is in the beginning, your characters don't have full, fully built out combos. So you can't, you can't just, you just can't attack as much. Um, so as you continue to level up those characters, they also begin to feel better. Um, but yeah, as I... As I got farther in, I was like, okay, this is giving me, for the most part, what I want it to give me. <laughs> um, let me ask you real quick. So one of the upgrades you can get for some of your characters is like a second um, special attack bar. Um, did you, have you gotten that for Link? I can't, I haven't gotten it. It's nowhere on my map. Um, yeah, I've, I, I believe I have. I have his, he has three. Um, like, that's the max you can get. Oh my gosh, what am I missing? Okay, keep going, I'm sorry. I'm enthralled by what you're saying. This this game is great, and I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. I just, I don't see the need to interrupt you too much, because I agree. Yeah, so a big, they, in the original game, the way it worked was the stories were right back to back to back. Um and there were there was a story mode and there were other modes like the main other mode was the adventure mode um which put you on like a recreation of of the maps from the the games and each square had like these little tiny puzzles you had to do to unlock them and they all had their these individual missions um that you could do that would give you resources to upgrade your characters or they would give you things to allow you to unlock other missions um this game, it kind of 
fuses those together. Uh, the The main interface with this game is through the map of Hyrule on the Sheikah Slate. It uh, seems to be the exact same map from Breath of the Wild that you would pull up. Um, and there are these little icons dotted all over it that are either the main mission or there are combat challenges you can do that will put you in little segments of maps and and tell you, hey, you have to go do this thing. Um, and there are other ones that are... They're just kind of... You spend resource, resources to unlock upgrades or unlock um, other things. Like there are shops that you can unlock and there are food recipes you can unlock that you can then spend more resources to get boosts at the beginning of... Um, missions and this was all it's interesting these were all things these were all like uh actions that were available in Hyrule Warriors they were all just kind of hidden in other menus and they've all for this one they they put everything right out on the uh in the the same screen um which is useful but also as you alluded to earlier it ends up being a ton of icons on the same on this one screen and none of them go away it's just as you progress it's just adding more and more onto them yeah um, I, uh forest i can't wait to show this to you it it's almost becoming more there's there's this little feature uh where you can um cuz of course on a level for some of these things you're like farming for resources yeah um you can like pick you can hit x and it'll mark and circle green missions you can do to get that resources for this thing um and at some points you just get lost in what you can do because there's too many icons glowing green and sending out a little shockwave yikes it's it's bonkers how much they they do this and i get that Possibly the reason they left them there is because they need something for you to go and farm if you like want to do it again. But holy moly, um, there has to be a better way. <laughs> um, I don't know what that way is. I'm sure they might have tested some, but uh, yeah, I'm. This is the one that I don't. I don't know if it works all that well. Like it is essentially the same system that was in the first one. It was just in the first one, there were like nine different maps that all had different missions that you could go, go to. Um, and they also weren't icons. They were little, they, they were squares on a grid um, that you would highlight and then it would tell you what, like, what is there. Um, it's also different because there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more resources in this one. Uh like in the first one there were there were different types of resources but they fell into different like umbrellas basically and so you would need all of one like this number of one type of resource um and in this one there are just like it's basically the same amount of different individual collectibles that there were in Breath of the Wild and each different mission or whatever takes different each different unlockable takes different combinations of different things um, and it is, it it can be hard to track, like where you go to get stuff, especially stuff that you don't that don't doesn't just drop from enemies, like things that are monster parts. There are also just like, uh, 
field collectibles that I still... Like, I beat the game. I still am not 100% clear how you actually get these outside of as rewards from missions. Um, so, there's, it's weird. Like, it doesn't really explain that all that well. And, yeah, it is... It's difficult to figure out where to go to effectively obtain these materials because there are any number of um, stages that can have them. And, yeah, if you go to the thing to track the the materials for one specific unlockable there's going to be like i don't know like 15 different glowing circles at any time it's like well i don't know like which of these gives me the best reward based on the time that i'm going to have to put into doing it um and so yeah that's one thing that like i think i don't really have a huge problem with the map um because the the unlockable stuff, like, it grays out after you see it, and and, and you can't... It, you don't really even tell it's there anymore. Um, but all of the combat stuff stays there on the screen, and it's... I don't think it's a great solution. Um, it's it's just... It's a little bit too... There's just a little, little bit too much going on and not enough information being provided. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's it's. I think that's probably the one thing that I dislike the most about this game is that sort of interface when it comes to needing to get these collectibles to unlock things. Because I also the way now this is just a me thing, but I in the previous game I was fine like redoing missions because they were just squares on a grid. It's weird in this one for me. Because each one of the missions has a little story about what mm-hmm. why you are doing this thing, um, and also when you complete it, it change the icon changes color, indicating that you've completed it. And so, like it's it creates this like mental thing where it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do this again. Right. Um, right. I've already checked I, the box. Why do I have to right, check I the have, box again? I have canonically in. The story I have done this, and it has it has had this material effect because this is one of the cool things that, like, you highlight a thing, it'll tell you about, it'll give you like a little dialogue box of what is happening and what you need to go do here, and then after you finish it, that box will change to show you the result of what you did, like within the world, and I think that's really neat. Um, but it also, like, once I see that, it sort of dissuades me from wanting to do it again. Because, like, I've done this, it has happened. Whereas in the first one, I didn't care because there was no pretense about why I was doing this. I was literally only doing it to go get these resources. Um, And so it's just this uh, this sort of weird little roadblock that they have created for me in my mind to do something that would be beneficial. Um, Whereas I had no care about doing this in the previous one. It's, it's Um, It's an interesting game decision um because it easily could be something where you are frustrated because there is a lack of closure or a lack of drive to do some of these little things um but in fact by adding that little bit of closure they've actually for some people i mean i'm i'm not sure like you said how much it'll affect more people like this um but it actually is dissuading um replay because to to like us 
uh, because there is that little bit of closure that's like, well, that door is closed. I finished it. Like, yeah. It's, and there are it's also, interesting. there's also like a tangible, um, not a, t- what, what's a, a non benefit, I guess. Like the, you get materials the first time you do it as a reward for completing it. But if you do those over again, you don't get those rewards. So I, and I don't recall if this is how it worked in the first one. Um, I think it it may be like, but the completion, of course, the it's hard to compare the two games in that sense because, like I said, the the sort of materials that you get it's on a totally different scale in this game. Um, yeah, and so that, that's just I think that's kind of my biggest gripe with the map is that it's it's hard to know where collectibles are and how to get them effectively. Um, but I, I think other than that, I do, I kind of do like the map. Like I like to see where it is in theory that this, uh, mission is happening. Um, and I like to understand why I'm doing it because it does give you a little bit more connection. Uh, and the, the premise of this, there's also like a gauge that will fill as you complete this. And the premise is with each one of these you're doing, you're helping, the people of Hyrule in that region kind of come back together so they can so so they can rebuild society or whatever. Every time you fill go. the bar there's this little cheer and the Yeah. <laughs> like you it does give this feeling that you are tangibly helping the people um of Hyrule. Um which is which is neat that they've just done with a little little bits of graphic. Because um, you don't really ever actually see the people of Hyrule. Um Let's talk about the story a little bit. Uh, so, if if you have no idea what this is, it um, this game is ostensibly it tells the story of what happened a hundred years prior to Breath of the Wild, um, before like Ganon came back to life and sort of wiped out all of the forces and forcing Link to go have to hibernate and come back a hundred years later, which is the starting point of Breath of the Wild. Um, if you have played the demo, so there is a demo available this that, that, that you can play through the first chapter, um, you know that the conceit of this game is that the game opens up in at the the point where in the original Breath of the Wild in the past, like all of the forces, all of the force of Hyrule have been decimated. Um, Zelda and Link are kind of backed into a corner, um, and it. This is. I, I believe there's a flashback in Breath of the Wild where this happens, where you can see it happen. Where, um, like Zelda, her whole th- she she's been worried about not being able to unlock her power to be able to defeat Ganon. She finally does it, um, and in Breath of the Wild, she had she she was only able to use it to save Link and go put him in the in this hibernation chamber and then go s- not really seal Ganon but kind of she what 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 was going on that she kind of I I wish I could him, remember I guess, yeah in like, like a she... cocoon of light like she basically for a hundred years was sitting up in Hyrule Castle um sort of in stasis with Ganon um, but at that moment, not a great she, existence, TBH. Yeah, I mean it was terrible. Um, in this game, at the beginning of this game, there's a cutscene. At that moment, that happens, she awakens this power. This little, 
robot wakes up and is like, hey. R- R2-D2. Yeah. Uh, he makes the same noises. Tiny... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got these little pipes on his head that make these different songs. It's it's really cute. And he wakes up and he's like, oh, shoot. He doesn't actually say this. He doesn't talk. But <laughs> I can. His, I imagine his inner monologue is like, oh, shoot. I got to go help my girl Zelda. And so he opens up. <laughs> He opens like up like a a freaking portal in time and goes back a few however however long um to before all this crap had happened and his 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 motivation is to try and help Zelda and prevent the calamity from waking up um so it's it's it was one thing we talked about it a bit on this um it's a little curious because it seems at the outset, the game seems to be telling the story of something that had happened, but then you, you get into this game, it's like, okay, well, did this actually happen? Um, and as we go along, things do become a little, little bit by bit, you can tell things are a little bit different than what you know of the past of Breath of the Wild. Um, but you are, you go, you play as all of the characters, but you start off as Link fighting off the forces of Ganon you go to meet the the champions and bring them together to kind of uh, create this force that will stop Calamity Ganon from taking just taking over and destroying Hyrule so they they gather the four guardians they're guardians right that's the champions champions that's what they're called yes um so you have to, this is all in the demo, by the way. So we're not like super spoiling anything. Um, you have to gather the four champions and you get more uh, insight into the characteristics of what these uh, people are like. And some of them are um, different than what they seemed like they were uh, in Breath of the Wild, or at least uh, I thought so. What What did you think? Yeah, so this was... Okay, one of the things that was strange to me. So, let's take Urbosa for example. The Gerudo, I guess she's the chieftain of the Gerudo. She also has these lightning powers. In, in Breath of the Wild, once you defeat her divine beast, you get access to her lightning powers. So, her divine beast also has lightning powers. My, I had always just figured that... She was able to command lightning with the snap of her finger because she was a pilot of this divine beast. You go and meet her, and she can just do that whenever the heck she wants. <laughs> and I was like, "So wait, what? I I don't I don't quite understand why you have this ability." Um, and that goes for all of them, and that they just sort of have these innate abilities that, in Breath of the Wild, you get as Link once you um, free their spirits from from this from the divine beast and i just like i guess it makes sense with rivali because he has wings that's why he can fly um but the other ones they just have these abilities and it doesn't really and it's like well why it, is, it especially no one else, none of no one else has these it especially do doesn't them? make sense in mifa's case uh because there's like an argument of whether or not she's like going to do it um like they're they're not a fan and i it almost I don't know if I maybe misread the situation, but it almost seemed like they kind of chose who was going to pilot it. 
instead of Mifa being like the natural one. I could have been wrong in that and how I read it. Um, yeah. But um, did you did you pick that up at all? Like it seemed like it was like, why did you have to choose her sort of thing? Well, I think there are echoes of that in Breath of the Wild. Like the king, the Zora king is resentful of Link. Like when you show up in Breath of the Wild because he's basically the reason that Mifa's gone. Right. Um, and yeah, so... It's it is I it's hard because you look at these backwards. You're like, okay, I know these characters, and I know that they were chosen to pilot the divine beast. And then you go in this game, and like it seems kind of out like outside of I guess, mm, I guess Urbos is really the only one that they went thinking this is the person that we're going to get to pilot this divine beast. I I would um, say Urbosa and Daruk. Because the other, like, Rivali was like, fine, I'll do it. Um, at least that's the vibe I got. He wasn't, like, he was kind of whatever about it. Um, and then, you know, the situation with Mifa. Yeah. Um, the, they, it was, it's, it, they're all sort of weird, those situations. Like, they don't quite feel like they make a whole lot of sense. Um, especially like Rivali, when, especially Rivali if you when know... You, in high in breath of the wild that like these societies have people that are chosen and that they're like, they are going to be like the next, you know what I mean? Like er, the people you meet, they're like the next champion. Yeah. I think that, so I think that is information that we extrapolated from breath of the wild um when i guess this game is saying no this this isn't maybe not intentionally trying to correct that but they're saying no like this isn't a sort of cultural big cultural thing it's just kind of we needed four people to pilot these and we went and found the most uh the, the people that are best suited to do it um and i guess there there is a kind of these specific people kind of resonated with them. So I guess there is a sort of uh, like fate type of deal going on with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it makes it a little bit more mundane than, we, than it actually was kind of played up to be in the original game. Um, which is, which is sort of funny in hindsight, I guess. Um, yeah. So the game is, um, where I don't know where 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 to go from there. Um, but it's it's hard to to talk a whole lot about it. There is um, some surprise characters early on. Uh, trailers show that Hestu is in the game. Um, he has he has a small role in it. Uh, though I haven't I haven't collected all the Korok seeds, so it's possible that he has something for you once you do that. I'm I wonder what that would be. Um, probably some something other... useless yeah <laughs> well you can actually use Korok seeds for some stuff in this game yeah 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 um, so I don't know um, there are some secret-ish characters that you can get uh, I know that David has not unlocked one of them uh, one of them is pretty cool uh, he is actually I don't know how much I want to even talk about those characters because they're kind of cool to when you when you when you get them yeah um go ahead i i think that 
we can table some of this for for the spoilers to next week um mainly because i i the problem is if we go further in the story um we we it's difficult um and i think mechanically we've done a good job of laying out everything um the this game is really dense and there's a lot to collect and there's a lot to do in it even though it's not as much as Hyrule Warriors um the first one um but i don't know see i don't know that it's not as much i think like a lot it's weird because it is all sort of the same thing over and over again just with sort of different wards that you're getting uh and that's that's also what was going on in the original game um and i think the the pre, it's it's just that the pretenses of what you're doing are different um and it is it's weird cuz it's like less streamlined in this game but i feel like in the first game i had to do more of it um so i don't know it's so i i don't know that it's more stuff or more or less stuff to do than than the original it's just kind of presented in a different format yeah it's a it's um, a different format and there's a in my opinion, um, a perceived weight to the story to where, um, like sure. in Hyrule warriors, you wanted to the original, you wanted to know what happened in the story because it was interesting. Um, but you're given the notion that this is a prequel and you want to know more about the backstory of what happened in this time. So you, you put more weight into the story mode and you like, but the thing is you have to grind out a little bit to get to some of the stuff. Like I just had to grind some levels for my side characters to get to the minimum level for the next, um, to the next story mission. Um, so at least for me, like it's more of a means to an end sort of thing. Like I'm just trying to get some of that side stuff done so that I can do the story. Uh, cause I want to know what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that I it's the one one of the thing is like there really isn't a way to just play through the story in this game yeah uh, which is one of the like the big departures from the first one and that it you could just play through the story and then go into the other stuff um, like there was a level progression but it wasn't too big of a deal in when you were just playing through the story in the first one because it was designed for you to just kind of get through. And then you needed to worry about levels when you were doing the adventure mode stuff. But there are level recommendations. And I think maybe even requirements in this one. Like minimum level requirements um, for the story missions. And so... Yeah, there is in some cases. You you have to spend time doing the side stuff to level up those characters... Um, you can also spend rupees to manu- to manually level up, but um, you most times won't get enough of that uh, enough currency just from story missions. Um, so they have in that way kind of made at least some you have to do some side stuff, um, which is another kind of departure from the first one. And I don't know that I don't know that I appreciate it as much. I think 
like part of me wishes I could just go through I could have just gone through the story at the outset um but like the way it works is you when you unlock a character you unlock different icons for them that that will give you chances to power them up uh and they really the characters really do become a lot more fun to use once they're more powered up yes um and like the original game left all that stuff sort of outside of of the main world like you could go do that stuff in between missions uh but it wasn't really emphasized uh and so i don't know like i i i feel like the having that stuff to make your characters more fun to play is beneficial because it makes the game more fun to play um but it does also add time on top of it that's to, of maybe kind of tedious work uh so that's you know it's I think it I think it strikes a good balance. Um but I don't know about it. It's 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 a different approach. Yeah. Um throughout all of this, what is your favorite character to play as? And what's your favorite divine beast? Hmm. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. there are there are missions where you get to pilot the divine beasts. They're I mean, they're they're fun enough cuz they're not super long. Uh, they're pretty straightforward, and you just kind of blast stuff. Most of um, them, some of them, are way more tedious than others. Yeah, I think the the lizard is probably my least favorite. Yeah, that's um, that's my least favorite one too, uh, for sure. I think, but I think they're all kind of in that same area. I don't know that I would have a favorite. I think the probably the the camel has maybe the best maps, but it also has like a clunky way of attacking. Uh, so I don't know. They all have their pros and their cons. They are fun to, to just blast people with, though, once you've got the meter charged up. Yeah. Um, my favorite character of the ones we have talked about um, is probably... I, I, hmm. You know, I, I went back and forth. I... Initially, I thought Mifa was the best because um, I didn't like Link at the beginning. Imp was cool, but I also kind of uh, came off of her. Um, as I continue to play, I think I, I, I really do enjoy playing as Rivali because he's a lot different from the other characters in that he's got a like a three-hit combo on the ground, but he also has the ability to fly around. And when he does that, he shoots just like this fan of attacks that are where where most characters are like they have an area to their attacks but they're kind of designed for like individually hitting the the big boys yeah. um whereas Rivali's kind of basic attack is just this huge spread and is really good at just destroying mobs uh so he's he's very fun to play as but he's also very different um and I really like Link with the two-handed swords because he just he spins around like a madman uh, and it's it's really fun. Um I I think that Impa's probably it for me. I mean, I use Link for everything, uh but Impa's second. Um just the like Naruto duplication thing that she does is great. And I use the heck out of that, and it's super fun. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things in the game. Um, yeah, there are some as the game progresses, like there, the characters that show up 
are are very neat uh and they they offer some interesting variations on maybe some of the more rote uh combat abilities that the the four champions have yeah for sure um all right uh especially those the two the two sort of not secret but the kind of ones that you have to complete different map missions for they are they're weird i'm excited like, they're just straight up yet. weird yeah um yeah i've unlocked <laughs> one but i haven't played so um okay um yeah. we will uh so yeah that's that's uh, that's hyrule warriors a little bit of that well a lot bit of it <laughs> we'll have uh we'll, we'll get into maybe some more deep discussion on the characters and and the way the, the the direction of the story and what it means for the the lore for, implications for yeah for the lore uh, we'll talk about that Capital more L uh, lore. next week uh, once David knows the full breadth of what the game has to offer the full breadth of the wild um, yes. you know for <laughs> once I wasn't gonna make a stupid joke I thought it and I'm like no I'm gonna keep it in this time so yeah Forrest who's your favorite character in the game. He's only played the demo. Yeah, um, I'd probably still go with Impa on that. I had a really fun time playing her. Also, I think she looks cool. Like Zelda's it, useless. Oh, I believe that. Okay, Zelda <laughs> is useless. Is an interesting character. She uses the Sheikah slate, um, so she's got she's got very weird moves. Listen, I run um, off of a Smash Bros. melee mindset he, in all things Zelda. If she's playable and she can't turn into Sheik don't care <laughs> too boring it's her movesets weird i'll have to show it to you before you leave yeah uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's it's all based on the different runes that she can use with the sheikah slate it she works like sort of kind of counterintuitively compared to like how other uh the other heroes work uh and it's hard she's she's not very good at the big at the outset um no you gotta wait she doesn't have a lot of damage potential uh and she doesn't have very long combos and she's just frankly weird to use but she becomes more fun to play the more you upgrade her uh her moveset um all right with that forest what did you play uh i don't think i mentioned this last time we had an episode but i beat dmc3 um and i've started playing as virgil and that's really fun uh most of my stuff is the same from the last time i talked about it it's just a really all-around good game uh whatever and i've gushed about that series enough on the show um as for new stuff though i've tried out the new apex map uh it's an interesting map i like it a lot like both from a visual like like a design standpoint but also like a map design standpoint i have also, a lot of fun playing on it also rude you didn't message me to play sorry so it hurts. i i was trying out crossplay with some friends <laughs> which works really good crossplay is not out yet it is for Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh. my buddy... Oh, it's cross-save that's not out. It's cross-play that's out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Two different things. My brain yeah. conflated the two. I forgot that cross-save was a thing, so... Yeah. I was just happy that I got to play with one of my PlayStation friends. There you go. Um, But yeah, the map is really cool, though. Um, I... They're and they're actually like doing consistent like map rotations like every hour or two now though in the game, 
which I don't feel like when when you and I would play, it always felt like we were just on the same one map the entire night. Yeah, it used to be longer rotations yeah. than an hour. It's a lot shorter sure. now. Um and I think that's actually pretty good. That changes things up, especially like like the map doesn't get like too stale for me, you know. Um but the new map is really cool. I haven't gotten the chance to try either of the new heroes yet because I didn't play last season. Um but my my uh, friend did she had like the new one has like a almost like um I almost called him junk rat. What's the speed dude? Speed. Octane. Octane, yes. Yes. Uh you know how he has his jump pad. Um this new character has basically like a gravity well that does almost the same thing except you don't get the double jump. Gotcha. I'm not sure what other benefits there are to it though. Um but yeah, I don't think she's too great from what I was able to tell. Mm. So you could probably skip her. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, I started Watch Dogs Legion. I played about four or five hours now, I think. Um, and I have really gotten myself just caught up in all the recruitment missions, which the game was not kidding. You can pretty much try and recruit anyone. Did you hit a title card for it yet? Just curious. I think. Yeah, the I'm okay. pretty sure that if the title card shows up after like the first mission you do, um, uh, so I was now wondering. You're making me question. I was myself. just curious because I was wondering where the title card was for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, um, compared to this, according to other podcasts I listened to, I found out after I was like, I'm like three hours in. Um, the title card doesn't drop until 10 hours in. Holy. Um, and so I'm wondering if that's going to be a new trend in Ubisoft games. So Not this one, at least. All right, cool. Um, if my memory serves correctly. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of the recruitment missions as opposed to actually playing through the story just because, like... Are you playing with permadeath on? No, I'm a baby. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> Maybe uh, I I maybe I'll change that. I'll maybe I'll give it a go. I mean, it's not for the whole game. It's just for the character. Yeah, I know. So. I sometimes I like my <laughs> characters as pointless as it is because I've I've come across multiple potential recruits now that have like the same abilities and stuff. So like, yes, you can recruit everyone, but that doesn't mean there's like an an infinite amount of possibilities. You know, um, for like what they what like the character brings to the table when it comes to either their loadout or like some special perk that they have. Um, but there is a pretty wide breadth of them though. Um, I just did two recruit missions last night that basically like the only reason I did them was because these recruits had actual guns because um, in the game, uh, as a dead sec operative, you are given like stun guns, which effectively work the same, except they don't do as much damage. And I was getting tired of, like, like just stressing over every combat encounter and being like, "God, this doesn't feel like it's balanced well for using just stun guns the whole time." Uh, so I wanted to be murderous. <laughs> nice, you know. Um. 
the game controls pretty well though. Um, and okay, I also want to clarify. I am playing on an original model Xbox One. It runs pretty fine. It takes a little long to actually boot up the game though, like from the Xbox home screen into playing, uh, which is unfortunate but that's just the name of the game in this case uh the game runs fine though um it's not hitting like a good number of frames that i would like but it like it's trying it it runs and i'm not having any like major glitches or anything i had like a lighting glitch last night um where just some lighting in a corner of a building i was in was going haywire but everything else was fine and then i got stuck in the water like with some like collision stuff not working properly but outside of that like the game runs fine it's not a mess yeah um the gunplay feels good the sneaking feels good like the driving feels fine um i'd probably give the driving like a 70 percent compared to everything else being at like 80 you know like it's like the game watchdogs has not been known for its driving no not at all (laughs) and that's what i've heard (laughs) um but yeah i'm having a pretty good time with it so far um multiplayer like on the main menu it says multiplayer is going to be added at some time in december so and that got delayed yeah um oh like past december yeah okay because they're gonna they're working on fixing the bugs of the base game gotcha because it's so buggy yeah well i so been. count yourself lucky yeah, very, that you've I, only gotten caught in the water I've, and lighting has been I have always been very lucky when it comes to Ubisoft games, in which are apparently buggy messes. I've encountered only ever maybe like four in over a decade plus of playing Ubisoft games. Like, I I don't know what it is with me. <laughs> I hit a bug in Valhalla where my character wouldn't run. That was fun. Ooh. I had to reboot the game. That just sucks. wouldn't run and wouldn't climb. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It was a, a ground game. Odd. <laughs> that's, uh, I actually, was like, oh, that's not good. Actually, um, speaking of ground game, that's a gripe that I have with Watch Dogs Legion is that there's like, there's collectibles and stuff on top of buildings, but they're like the climbing mechanic is bare bones to say the least. Wait, like, does other Watch Dogs games have had climbing? I don't know. I haven't played uh, any of Sort other. of. Not so. really. Um, there are... So then why are there collectibles little... on top of buildings? Well... It's just what it is. It's <laughs> an Ubisoft game. Yeah. Where else are they going to put collectibles? Yeah. So, like, they're trying to add in, like, cases of verticality and, like, trying to get a player to, like, you know, explore the environment and stuff, but I don't feel the movement options that they give you are adequate enough to achieve that unless if you just want to hack a cargo drone and jump on it and have it fly you to the top of a building Maybe which i've done solution. if that's the case then like that's so boring though to do that every time and also like if you're not playing as a character that is capable of calling in a cargo drone to even do that then you're just not getting on top of that building unless if you hunt a drone down and get on top of it like it sounds like you're describing an Ubisoft mechanic that's frustrating, but yeah. one that you have to deal with. Yes. Yep. Um, I'd say that's probably my main gripe with it, is that, like, traversal doesn't... Like, vertical traversal is dumb. <laughs> it's 
It's no Spider-Man. No, nothing <laughs> could ever be, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'm having a good time with it so far. I'm going to try and beat it this weekend and then start Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Nice. Yeah. You're supposed to have that beat by this episode. Yeah, well, I just got it in yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> I even made Seth watch the 20 minute cutscene. Well, I'm going to play multiple hours to see the 20 minute cutscene. Oh, it's more than multiple. It, that game is longer than you think. It's got like 300 tracks, and you have to play through almost all of them to get to the end. Well, I have more free time now because yeah. of work, so, or lack of work, so heck yeah. Um, all right, Seth, was there anything else you wanted to gab about before we go to the break? Yo, gabba gabba. I was just thinking how funny it would be if this version of Link was in regular Breath of the Wild. Like, <laughs> the game would be so fast because you just, like, straight up destroy people. Yeah. Especially like, if you had the dual swords. <laughs> it would also oh be fast gosh. because this idiot eats rocks in the story <laughs> at one point, and so you'd be dead. Yeah, I guess in that sense. Uh, <laughs> but, like, he's just... He just, like, mows through people, and... It would be hilarious. I don't know if it's actually possible, but if someone could hack this link into Breath of the Wild, just watching him run around, just like blasting through enemies. Yeah, that'd it'd be, be fun. it'd be funny. That's the exact opposite of what the DLC to Breath of the Wild does to you, um, which <laughs> just makes you die in one hit, and you've got to be sneaky. Um, yeah, I agree. So. With that, we'll be right back after the break. And we're back. Hopefully during the break, you're going on all the social media at Suplex the Sticks and letting people know about the new episode on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we also have a Discord, and all the links to go to our social media and the Discord are in the show notes, and they're also on our social medias. So the Discord, come jump in there, talk to us about stuff. Uh, we had like a two-hour-long discourse today about uh, Force's favorite band and how I can't get into them. Um, I still and, love you anyways. Dude. I know. And like we talk about games, music, wrestling, sports, everything in there. There's channels for it all. So it's not too convoluted. Um, and yeah, it's a good time. There's even a channel full of memes that Forrest and Joe just post in. And I have that muted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is. Listen, uh, y'all love memes do you at least check on it sometimes occasionally okay yeah as I'm, long as you occasionally keep yourself up to date yeah 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 um all right so let's talk about some news there's there's not too much we're in this still um we are in the pre kaylee's uh the pre-game awards uh so there's gonna be a bunch of news next thursday theoretically because, of course, this is um, an odd time. So who knows if there is going to be a bunch of big reveals at the Game Awards. Um, 
Seth, what's your prediction on that? Do you think we're going to get some some big stuff there or no? Well, I think there will be things. <laughs> yes. And I love that. Things. Remember last but, year Nintendo Switch but, has games? Oh yeah. <laughs> but if it's if the Summer Games Fest is any indication, it will be nothing that anyone cares about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you think we'll get a Smash character? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Um. Okay. So let's talk about news. Um, Control is coming to Game Pass this December, uh, which is dope, and also sixteen other games, uh, because they are hell bent on adding everything to Game Pass. Yes. Uh, which is great. Uh. Thank you, Microsoft. Make those deals, get those games, all that stuff. Um, And I'm assuming that this version of Control will be the graphically updated one for the the Series X. It's unclear, but I don't actually believe so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because it just seems to be base control. Yeah. We'll see. I'll look at it to see if it has the icon, and if it has the icon, then I'll download it. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then no. I'll just wait. Um, but yeah, Game Pass is becoming a better deal all the time. Disney Plus now, for your first month is free of Disney Plus. Uh, Crunchyroll, I think, or was it Funimation? One of those two. They're adding a bunch of stuff to Game Pass, so get it i guess um the cuphead expansion was delayed to 2021 that was announced a couple days ago um how many years in a row now is that 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 was delayed because i'm pretty sure this was supposed to come out in 2019 i think so and it's not even the a full game it's just a dlc I would like to know the difference in time spent on developing the the original game and the time spent developing this expansion. Um, Seth, you haven't played Cuphead yet, have you? I have not. You need to, man. That game is fantastic. Um, yeah, there's the show that's coming to Netflix... Um, I cannot find when it was announced. Um, But I think it was announced... Oh, man. It was announced in 2018. And it was announced for 2019. And then got pushed to 2020. And now it's pushed to 2021. This year has been so long, I forgot that last year was 2019. Yep. There you go. Like, wow. I... I thought that was like two or three years ago. I don't know why. Um, this get, this expansion, of course, is adding a new character and some new levels. I don't know if it's like a whole new game's worth of levels, but at least some new levels. Um, and let's see. Uh, Seth, there is exciting news that happened for you. And I mean all of us. Um, but right before Thanksgiving, the the timer on the website ran up 
Yes. Um, November 23rd, 2020. A day <laughs> that will live in infamy. <laughs> the d- because as the countdown ended, we find we got a trailer for Neo, The World Ends With You. The sequel, the long-awaited sequel to the DS classic, The World Ends With You. Uh... A brand new game with new characters. New gameplay. Like new different looking gameplay. Uh, it's in 3D. And it looks... And it's got this great music in the in the, the trailer. And also it's apparently a sequel of the upcoming TV show adaptation. And not actually the original game. Uh, so there's a very... Uh, Wait, really? Tetsuya Nomura thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yes. But okay. So one of the, the things about the show like the original game out came the original game came out like 10 plus years ago and they were using now like flip phones canon they were using <laughs> like flip phones and so the the upcoming anime adaptation is putting it like in today and they're gonna have smartphones and there were probably other changes um but i guess just to to keep that kind of continuity uh, it does raise some questions about some things because there is a character who showed up at the end of The World Ends With You, uh, the remix version on the Switch, um, and like this little teaser that people speculated was the daughter of the main character of the original one and one of the other characters because she incorporates different little uh, design things from those two characters but this character shows up in the trailer for Neo. So, like, the, it kind of makes you wonder that the sort of different, the differences in timeline, like, where, like, how far after this one comes, because if it is, uh, if it is, like, directly following the original game in this kind of uh, present-day version of the original game, it doesn't seem possible that that they would be her their daughter uh but you know you never know uh there's also one of the the best character from the first game in my opinion is back in the second one seemingly as a playable character which is insane and awesome and i'm very excited for that uh it is set to launch summer 2021 for the ps4 and the nintendo switch and uh i'm sure that they'll probably end up making those available for making that available for PS5 as well I would have to imagine uh but yeah it's I'm I can't believe it I'm I'm so excited I I really I I I was hopeful but I don't know that I ever actually believed that they were going to make a sequel to this and now it's here and I'm super excited <laughs> um I do love I want to note as a plug for the discord that the discord tried to tell you like an hour and a half before you posted about it in the discord. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> was really yeah. Literally an hour to the minute. Cause David posted it first. And then an hour later you posted it. And I was like, man, my Why? friend ignores me. <laughs> I was, he was I so was, excited. I, I mean, I, for the most part, I don't really look at our discord during work. Uh, 
And Fair. I just kind of saw it Being on Twitter. Being a responsible worker, I... Yeah, but I'm also looking at Twitter. <laughs> okay, I'm never just, mind. I'm just selective. I'm just choosing to not selective look at Selective with your irresponsibility. Yes, exactly. That's okay. And uh, so tragically, there was an hour where I existed in a w- not knowing that this was a thing. I, I, I would, I'm almost surprised you don't have, like, notification alerts for that Twitter or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited for me. The fact that it's a sequel to the anime, um, so that I don't have to play through the touch controls version of that game. Uh, cause I could not get into it. Um, you still should, I know, or, <laughs> or track down a copy for the DS and a DS. I would love th- to see is... how expensive that is. I'd let you borrow my it... 3DS for that. <laughs> It is the I it like it's still the best way to play it. Like I'm excited for this new game and I'm curious what they're going to do to actually diff, to like building a, the combat from the ground up like how they're going to make it work. Um especially cuz it looks like they have there are two more more than like there are up upwards of two characters on the like that you are controlling at one time. Um but the original gameplay, like the split screen gameplay, where you're controlling the top screen with the buttons and the bottom screen with the the touch screen w- with the, uh, the the stylus, it's like it, w- once you, when you get it going, you get it into like this flow state that it's 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 super awesome. Some and, flow and it, motion, if you will, and it's not replicated in the the single screen version, unfortunately. Yeah, it's so good though. You got to play it. Um, I'll get to it one day, <laughs> one day. I, I, I didn't talk about it in the first half of the show. Um, but I did, uh, make sure <laughs> I, uh, you'd said, I hope this game comes to PS5 or I hope that more games are actively compatible with no issues with PS5. Uh, cause I started persona five again. Um, and I, um, unlocked, the uh, I can't remember her name now. It's it's blanking. Um, I unlocked her persona form, and a glitch hit my game where everyone had no face, but their eyes were still there. Oh, that's um, cool! Uh, nice, uh, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, especially to see. I think the persona uh, series needs more horror elements. To Ren yell persona while his eyes were just I bulging mean, there's some, with no. Some pretty hor- horrific elements. Oh yeah, yeah. but like we not... need more. <laughs> So, Something that actually makes the player unnerved. So yeah, I hope I hope that the version for PS5 is is clean and good. Um, but this is probably going to be a Switch game for sure, for me. So, um, let's see, Marvel event. This is for Forrest. He's so excited, <laughs> even though he hasn't happy, bought this game. Even though I haven't bought the game, Kate Bishop is coming to Marvel's Avengers. On December eighth, along with the new story arc, that was a lot sooner than I was expecting it. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be delayed to next year. Yeah, like to at least like mid January. So yeah, we get the next Marvel Avengers character, and it's Kate Bishop, um, a Hawkeye, one the superior Hawkeye. The, um, I believe it because she's got cool quantum arrows or whatever. Yeah. Um, her gameplay looks real fun, and so I'm interested to go in there and play the story arc that they added for her it's the first half of this like two hawkeye arc yes 
the other half is going to wrap up when other Hawkeye drops. Hawk guy. Hawk guy, yeah. <laughs> so, less excited for him as a character. That's going to be boring. Yeah, because um, Clint is a schlub. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how much more this game gets support. I hope it's more frequent and that more people buy the game. Uh, we'll see. So, I think it's less about people buying the game and people sticking with it. I think that's the major problem with the live game. So we'll see if this brings people in, because each free character is coming along with a $10 season pass for that character. Uh, You get the character for free, but you have to, uh, like, the the season pass will have, like, cosmetics and stuff. So we'll see if people get that. And that game did not make enough money uh, for Crystal Dynamics and Square. So, which is a shame, because they had a great story mode. Um, speaking of service games, um, Seth, I, I've got a new pitch for you. Are you ready? Hit me. I know that you buy the Fortnite battle pass every year or every of course. How, every day. I think it's three months. Every day. Every, day. every three yeah, I play through months. it and buy it again every day. Um, every three months you pay $10 a month to get that Fortnite battle pass. Um, what if I told you that you could get the become part of the this is actually what it's called the Fortnite crew for 11.99 oh. a month oh no does that mean like they make a skin of me no you're not ninja um sorry <laughs> um but it gets you the battle pass which you would have spent ten dollars on um and then it gets you a thousand V bucks a month and exclusive cosmetics for mm. thirty six dollars within the three months of a season. Is it one hundred or a thousand? A thousand. Okay, that's a typo. Gotcha. A thousand is about ten V bucks. Ten dollars worth of V bucks. I see. So you're getting basically the same amount of money back from it. But you're, it's weird. But it's locking you into a subscription. So how about it, Seth? Would do you want to be part of the Fortnite crew? I'm currently filling in my credit card information. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Sick. Got one. You've got one sale, David. Uh, and none of it will come back to you. Right. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do this, but it is a neat. I think idea only because if you're constantly, I know I have friends that buy a lot of Fortnite skins. So if you are buying every couple of months or so a $20 Fortnite skin, that's it's $20 for like the premier premier ones that come with a bunch of stuff. Um, this is kind of worth it because you get exclusive skins already, but it's, you know, it's just another way for Epic to make money. Um, on top of the fact that, like, it got leaked today that Kratos is going to be a skin in the game soon. Um, who knows if one of the backpack blings is going to be... Uh, oh, God, I forgot the son's name. Boy. Seth, Seth help me. Atreyu? Atreus? Atreus. Atreus. <laughs> it's not Atreus. You worked your way there. I did. <laughs> I think that was a good starting point. Um, Atreus. Who knows if Atreus is going to be back bling. Your son is just going to be on your back. That'd be pretty funny. Um, but 
Maybe it'll be a Treyu. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Um, give me an, a, a Treyu and Falcor in Fortnite. Um, that'd be great. Uh, also, Mandalorian is going to be, the Mandalorian is going to be in this season. The. The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yes. Um, Din Djarin himself? Yes. Cool. And you get, uh, at level 100, I saw you get uh, the child, which, spoilers, its name is Grogu. They revealed its name. So, Baby Yoda finally has a name, so people stop calling it Baby Yoda. Yeah, please. Thank you. Um, let's see. The only the only other news I have is that, surprise guys, I pre-ordered Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> and I only tell you this because, Seth, um, me and you have watched some weird movies in the past. And this is true. I still do it. I Yeah, I mean, I do too, uh, especially if you send them to me. Um, but I have this fond memory of this one we watched, um, which had like a, it, it basically was the, the Monkey King story. What was it called? Um, I can't remember. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it just had like Monkey King in the name. Yeah. And so... Um, I pre-ordered Immortals Phoenix Rising because the game looked vaguely interesting. Um, and it's sort of, some of the banter gave me Hades vibes. It's not as well written as Hades. Yeah, um, nothing but, could ever be. But Zeus and Prometheus and the other gods are like talking while you're doing stuff in the game from the gameplay that I've seen. And that kind of tickles me. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna give it a shot. But one of the DLCs for this game is set in... Uh, Chinese mythology and you get to play as this entirely different character named Ku and that seems really interesting it's a whole different map whole different mythology uh, one that's more interesting to me and my I mean I think that Greek mythology is super interesting but it's been played out a lot um, so the, I know that Seth likes uh, some of the Chinese mythology what does this interest you at all Almost more than the base game, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I don't know, it's something. It, it, the game itself looks fine enough, and it might be something that I play at some point. But uh, I'm not like uh, jumping, like champing at the bit to get to get into it. But like when I read about the what they were planning for the DLC, that actually looked pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to play, especially since that one game. Um, oh, my gosh, it got leaked and then it was shown off. Um, it's it's made by like a small studio. in in China, um, we've talked about on the show before, but it's the it's essentially the Monkey King game. Yeah, um, especially since that game is pretty far out, I think. Um, this will be a good fit. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, me neither. So I see it in my head. Yeah, like the game. I can see the gameplay. <laughs> it's very pretty. Um, but what about you, Forrest? Do you know about the Monkey King? Like in the story of that's all that stuff. I'm familiar. So are you interested in playing this game? I definitely am now, especially if this is indicative of any future expansions. Yes. And like if it just 
goes to a bunch of different mythological pantheons, I think that'd be really cool to explore and keep within, like, under the the veil of one overall game, you know? Yeah. I, But I don't know if I want to be on the ground floor for it or if I want to wait, like, a year until, like, a collected edition comes out, you know? Yeah, I can totally get that. I also wonder, since it's a different map, if this... This DLC is going to be standalone, or standalone, something? sort of like the Far Cry Blood Dragon yeah. or the other, or like Dishonored ones. Two: Death of the Outsider. I yeah, think. yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, but I'm going in at ground level because this game looks interesting, at least somewhat to me. Um, I've heard it's relatively linear, if you want it to be. So, um, I I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, one of the reviewers I read said they beat it like 28 hours. So that's not the 90 hours I know I'm going to be pouring into Valhalla. So um, other than that, was there any news that y'all had that maybe I missed? I'm good. Seth? Mm. Yes, but I feel like it would be better served to talk about it uh, next week. Oh, yeah. A mystery. A mystery. Good. I like that. Um, I'm going to post this on all of our social medias, uh, but we're going to have a small contest for the Game Awards next week. Um, I'm going to set up a Google form and have everyone give us their guesses for the Game Awards. So do that. Um, you'll see the post on social media if you don't listen to the episode uh, and you're listening to this later. Um, but participate share it with your friends, post it on other forums and stuff. And yeah, um, the prize will be on the post. Um, so with that, we appreciate you listening and we always appreciate you coming back every week. Let us know what you think on the podcatcher you're using to listen to us on and interact with us on our Discord. And with that, we will talk at you next week. Bye. Goodbye. See ya.